Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another match preview as Nottingham Forest will host Tottenham at the City Ground this Friday evening. And this is a big one. A lot of pressure on Steve Cooper. Can the boys perform against one of my enemy teams as my brother supports them, as you guys all know. But I'm delighted to welcome our good friends from We Are Tottenham TV. Boys, how are you doing? It's been a couple of months since we last spoke. You guys keeping well? Yeah, all good. Can't complain. I mean, it's been a bit of a dodgy period for Spurs as it has been for uh, Forrest as well. But I think the last game has got us back on track. And I think we're coming into this uh, with a lot of confidence, to be honest. And don't worry, we're looking after your boy Brennan for you. We, we, we're keeping him <laughs> nice and sweet. So it's all good. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> coming onto that. Just before <laughs> I do, though, the link for their YouTube channel is in the title. Go show them some love and make sure you subscribe to it. So let, let's start with that topic because I remember I came on in the transfer window with you guys, told you about Brennan, his pros, his cons, etc. He started to break into the team now. Um, mm. How have the Spurs fans taken to him and what do you think of his performances so far, boys? Uh, yeah, I think the Spurs fans, I think he's a really exciting player. I think we're really liking what we're seeing at the moment. Um, it's a weird one. Ever since he signed, officially, I'm pretty sure, like, every opportunity, Ange has started him. Apart from, yeah. you know, he got injured in his first yeah. appearance. And then in his second appearance, he got taken off after half an hour, I think, because we went down to 10 men. And so he had a bit of a stop-start um, uh, time at Spurs. But I think... From what from his time on the pitch, he's actually been make, uh, making quite an impact. He's um, actually been getting a lot, of, very involved in a lot of our attacks. It, what's been interesting is um, majority of starts so far have been on the left left hand, left -hand yeah. side, um, which I don't think he's looked as comfortable. But re most recently, he's now ventured back to the right, and he's looked so much better there. He's he's he looks he's so much more um, uh, accomplished taking on his man when he gets into those positions to either make a cutback or get a shot. He he looks a lot more comfortable on that side. And what's really been exciting is be especially when he's been on the right is his ability to take on his fullback and beat them with regularity. And I think Luca Dinia and Livramento both had a lot of struggle um, mm. dealing with him on that on that right hand side. And most recently against Newcastle, I think he put in probably his best performance in a Spurs shirt so far on Sunday, where he really gave Livermento non-stop problems and was really unlucky not to get on the score sheet. He hit the post twice um, on on that day. And uh, he's been and I think as well he's really suited to how Ange likes to play his wingers as well, really likes to get really wide, hug the touchline. Um, and like he's like a traditional right winger. He's a bit of a throwback, to be honest, yeah. when he plays on that side. So I think he's been very encouraging. I think we're liking what we're seeing. 
It's been uh, quite interesting watching a lot of the Spurs games this season because I, I think you've looked very much better than you did under Conte. That's a given. I, I still think Ange's trying to figure out the balance in his front four. Because as you said, Brennan's been on the left. I think in the last match, Kulisevsky went into the 10. I know obviously Madison is out. Sun's played up front. He got moved on to the left. Is there is there still, in your guys' opinion, um, and trying to feel what the right balance is? I know he kind of he's probably got those players, but does he know which way round they should be at the moment? Yeah, he said it himself, and she said it a few weeks ago. You know, he's we need more out of the front four, especially the front three. Um, Hyungmin Son obviously has been playing as a number nine for the most time this season, but yeah. he probably had his best performance against Newcastle of the season as well. Um, out on the left hand side, where he gave Trippier nightmares to be honest, um, attacking him down that side. And I think, like, when you're looking at that front three, I do think you know it needs a bit of work in terms of really getting to grips with the Ange Postacoglu system. I think Brennan is much more suited out on that right than a Dejan Kulisevsky is because mm. Deki and, and well, Dejan Kulisevsky likes to like cut in on his left every time. Yeah. So I feel like when he's in that number 10 role, he doesn't need to do that too much and he's much more freer in his movement. Whereas Brennan Johnson, when he's on the right-hand side, like my brother said, he can just stick out wide, attack his fullback, get crosses into the box and he also venture inside. So he's got a lot more variety in his play, uh, Brennan Johnson, when he's on that right. So I think against that Newcastle, against the Newcastle, you know, it felt like the most fluid and the most kind of balanced that front three has had all season, to be honest. And um, that's probably a bad, bad sign for Nottingham Forest seeing as we've got that fluidity just before we come to the city ground. You lot after one win. I remember in November you like giving yourself the title, and now after one win, you're back <laughs> in the title. So, but no, I, I do agree with what you're saying. For me, Kulisevsky, I always found him a bit predictable because he's so heavily left-footed. You always felt he wanted to cut in mm. to open the angle, and I do agree with you in that ten role, especially against Newcastle. I thought he had a really good game um, with that. I think the main problems I see at Spurs at the moment is your lack of depth. And yeah. especially in the centre-back position. I think Van der Ven was amazing for you guys and allowed um, Ange to play that high line he wants because of the pace he's got to be able to drop in and be a bit riskier. But obviously at the moment, you've got Davis deputising in there, haven't you? You've had um, Emerson Royale go in there, which was interesting um, at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel your weakness is still that centre-back pairing? Obviously, Romero, you you know, you know, breathe near him and you can trigger him as well. Does that worry you at the moment without Van de Ven? Yeah, definitely. That's the one, that's probably the one position where there's the biggest drop-off between the first team and, and the depth. To be fair, I think, although we've had a bit of an injury crisis of late and um, mm. we've got a lot, I think we've got about eight first-team players out injured at the moment. Um, so it's really tough at the moment. But I think in midfield, our depth has been able to stand up pretty well. I think in our attack, at some points, we've been struggling, but defence has been our biggest um, problem for sure. And yeah. I think that's where teams are capitalising at the moment. Although what I would say is, since Romero's come back, um, uh, I think Davis is, has, has looked pretty good. I think he's actually had a really good performance the last few games. And he's actually stepped in for Van de Ven better than a lot of people expected. Mm. And our defence has looked, uh, it's last couple of games, a lot tighter, albeit against West Ham, we made some really bad individual errors. But when it comes to just how everyone defended as a team in terms of um, how many chances we've been conceding. Last couple of games has been a lot better. So I think that hopefully with Romero about that, those fears are easing, but definitely that's the biggest element. You look at our team and you think our back line can definitely be got out a bit um, right now, but 
I think Davis is performing okay. Yeah, it's there's a lot to praise about Spurs, and I hate doing it. You know, I I respect Spurs, but I have to hate them because of my brother. But I also look at your fullbacks. And I think Pedro Porro, who didn't start great last season for me, and he did need a preseason and a bit of a summer to settle in. And I think he's been fantastic. And on the other side, don't give me apologies for getting it. I know is it Udogi or Udogi? I don't know how That's to the Udogi. Udogi, yeah, Udogi. Udogi. I, I think he's settled in quickly and he's looked very good. So from your fullback perspective, from an outsider looking in, I think Ange's nailed those positions down really well. And they kind of help that advancement, don't they, of um, of the attack? Is that the general consensus from the Spurs point of view? Have you been happy with the fullbacks now they've been performing? Been absolutely delighted with the two fullbacks. To be honest, I think um, that's been a key element of the success Spurs have had this season. Destiny has come in, hit the ground running after on the back of two really strong seasons in Serie A. I think in one or, or if not two of those seasons, he got left back of the year out in Serie A. So. He's he's an established player, even though he's so young. Um, yeah. He's actually an established player in in like what the European game. He's just got the first few call ups in the Italy squad as well, which is more testament to how well he's been playing. Both of them invert into the centre of the park and make us so yeah. strong in that centre of the pitch. And Poro's had this narrative around him where he's been really poor defensively, but really strong on the offensive part mm -hmm. of the game. But actually this season, uh, he didn't start the first game of the season against Brentford. Emerson Royale played and he actually scored an unbelievable goal, Emerson, in that game. But yeah. Petro Poro came in the second game against Manchester United and we haven't looked back. Game on game, he's improved defensively. Um, and I, I personally think... He's been Spurs' player of the season so far this season, Pedro Porro. That's how good he has been. Every game he's influencing the attack, his ball-playing ability. I think in terms of a defender, especially a right-back, is second to none apart from maybe a Trent Alexander-Arnold. When you look at since Pedro Porro has joined Spurs, he's only got two less goal contributions than Trent, which is absolutely mental to think about when you think about how good Trent is and how many yeah. goal contributions he does get. So I think both of them have been so vital to our play. And we actually did a a video the other day uh, discussing with a few other Spurs fans saying the Spurs have the best fullbacks in the Premier League at the moment and when you're looking at the other competitors you're looking at Liverpool with obviously Robertson and Trent Robertson's been out for the majority of the yeah. season I actually think those two are the probably the only ones that can be compared to us in terms of current form yeah I think they still need a few more weeks and months in to establish that but on current form it's, it's hard to argue with how good they've been. I would I would slightly disagree with your player of the season so far, though. For me, it's been your keeper. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the the jump up from what you had with Larice and how his form dipped to the way uh, Vicario has just commanded his box and allowed you again to play a higher up the line, um, it's a player that was unknown to a lot of the fan base, you know, coming over to the Premier League. And I think he's just taken to it like, a, I really hate all this big up I'm doing to Spurs, by the way. <laughs> Keep but, it coming, Wolfie. Keep it coming. I'm uh, just like, yeah, because we're going to come on to my team in a second. But have you guys been impressed as well um, with the goalkeeper in terms of the way he's just slotted straight into life in the Premier League? Yeah, for sure. And he's not just been brilliant um, on the pitch, but he's been a great character as well. Um, yeah. I think everyone has really, the whole dressing room has taken to him. He's really um, struck up a really good relationship with the fans uh, straight away as well. Um, and I think the, the quality-wise, quality 
Um, I think he's been fantastic. He's been a massive step up from what we've seen from Hugo Lloris over the past couple of years. He's making some brilliant saves, but I think the big element is the mistakes have just been completely eradicated. Yeah. I don't think he's yeah. made a mistake all season, which is for a goalkeeper a very important thing. And considering Lloris seemed to be making a mistake every week last year, um, to have that um, in our team now where we're not just having a keeper chucking it into the back, back of the net. And that gives you a bit more stability. And I think his playing out from the back has been uh, much better than what we've seen as well. And for, especially for a, basically an unknown uh, in terms of a lot of what the fans saw. Even Madison admitted last week or a couple of weeks ago that when he saw Spurs were signing Vicario, he had to Google him to make to know who he was because he hadn't, hadn't heard of him. Um, and so for that kind of character to make such an impression so quickly is very impressive. And that's what it is. It's his character, right? His absolute his character mm. is is what we needed in this squad for so long. You know, someone to to shout at the players to get into their heads. You know, with the, the, with the really good, yeah. yeah, exactly with a good mentality. You saw that shit in the Newcastle yeah. game when he was sticking out yeah. his tongue Wilson, to uh, yeah. Callum Wilson, and Callum Wilson deserved that. You know, you don't go start talking about Richarlison on your podcast <laughs> without any uh, you know come comeuppance from the Spurs team. So I really liked it. And when you're looking at that Chelsea game when we lost four one, it's a testament to him that game because we lost four one and he came out of it as probably Spurs' man of the match on the day with the sweeping. There's your best doing. defender that night. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I can't speak highly enough of Vicario. And, and me personally, I was one that was really not that happy with signing because I really wanted David Rea. And mm. I can hold my hands up now and say how wrong I was. Yeah, exactly. Look how he's been doing at Arsenal. Okay, let's let's move on to Forest. I, I I always love this part because I love getting the external view of other fan bases on how they see our team because there's no red goggles on, etc. Honestly speaking, um, how do you think Forest season has been from what you've seen so far? Are they where you expected them to be, higher, lower? And what do you think of the players within the squad? Um. Uh, probably a bit lower considering how well you ended last season and you and mm. you know you stuck by Steve Cooper last season when it looked like for a lot of people that he was going to go last season and you gave him the vote of confidence and it turned out to be the right decision you had a really good end to the season it seemed that he found the right formula um this season you've had a few decent results you know you beat Villa you beat Chelsea um in some good wins, but you haven't really kicked on, unfortunately. Uh, I think, obviously, the injury to Albioni <coughs> has massively hit you, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's been a massive um, blow for Forrest ever since he's gone. Uh, you haven't looked the same going forward. Um, and, obviously, as you say, he's under massive pressure now, Steve Cooper. It seems like every game, it's, it's like, a, is he, will he, won't he? Will they sack him? Won't they sack him? So, I think that's never good for anyone when you're in that situation, albeit last mm -hmm. season you stuck with him. So, they're a lot of I'm guessing a lot of Forest fans will argue we did last season, maybe we should do it again. But um he does seem definitely on his last legs. When I look at Forest at the moment, there does seem a lack of like energy and I don't know, maybe a lack of belief at the moment. I mean, when you when you're losing five nil to Fulham, that then there's got that's gotta be big alarm bells. I know West Ham went and lost five 0 the following week, yeah. but um Fulham were, at that point were really struggling for goals pretty much yeah. going into that game, and then they go and get pumped five nil. So I think Steve Cooper's team was kind of based around a very solid backline, being very hard to break down. And when that's lost, then you've got to be very worried for him. What I would say is, in recent weeks, Morgan Gibbs-White and Alanga have definitely looked pretty good, pretty uh, handy. I would say Gibbs-White has been in decent form. Um, so when he's in that kind of form, he always gives you, gives you a chance. But I just think 
once that solidity goes, what's left? And um, that's why I worry for Steve Cooper. So, I mean, I'm looking at the relegation battle at the moment. And if, if, if I mean, you got the bottom three, but if anyone looks like he is going to get dragged into it at the moment, it does look like it's going to be Forrest. So that is, that is a worrying sign. I really thought Forrest were going to kick on from last season. And, and you know, because you end the second half of the season last year, Forrest were brilliant. They really were, you know, getting good results, consistent results. City ground was a really hard place to go. And I don't know, this season, it seems as though the first half of this season is kind of like mirroring the first half of last season. So I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like that Forrest should stick with Steve Cooper, to be honest, and maybe he can turn it around second half of the season. And then you kind of see where you're at at the end and then you assess the options in the summer. But I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at the injury to Awioni. He was like your star man. He's a brilliant yeah. player, Awioni. I was even saying that Spurs should be looking at someone like Awioni. And Brennan Johnson, um, obviously you lost him. You didn't really replace him to anything of the required level that Brennan Johnson was showing for you last season. So you've lost some key players. And I think that's showing massively um, in your form so far. But I don't know how long Awioni's out for, but if he's out for a really long stretch of time, I can see you being dragged into that um, relegation scrap, to be honest. But I'm looking at the other teams in the relegation race, and I do think that you do have a bit more quality than those teams. Thanks for depressing me further, boys. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's good to hear the honesty. Yeah, it is a big debate at the moment with Cooper in, Cooper out. For me, I feel he's reached his limit. Um, I, I, just, I just look at the team and there's no identity. That's the thing that cries out at me. And then he he tried earlier on in the season to start playing some progressive football that's backfired on him. And we played Wolves last week. We went into his comfort blanket, which is the low block, five at the back formation, hard to beat. And, and bringing it on to this game, that's what I expect us to do come Friday night. And I know you've struggled in a few games against the low block. I mean, West Ham's probably a similar setup to Forest, maybe not to the extreme that we will low block on Friday. But is that something that does worry you when you come against a team that's going to low block, be compact down the middle and really force you into breaking the play down does that worry you at all give me some hope here boys <laughs> look it worries me a little bit but i'm sure brennan johnson will uh give Ange postacoglu a few uh bits of advice and a few words of wisdom how to beat this nottingham forest side but look i'm very confident coming into this game no matter how you set up i think we have struggled in a low block in terms of having Hyung min son as the number nine and no mm. real focal point um in the box but when you're looking at that west ham game they were very lucky to get any sort of points at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that day. It was two moments of madness, pretty much. Those that... deflections on the second goal is like a pinball machine on that. Yeah, I know, I know. But it was just, like, just two moments of madness, pretty much, uh, that saw West Ham get those two goals. We couldn't get any goals after that. But I thought we should have scored at least two or three in that first half where, you know, our crossing wasn't on point. Brennan Johnson was, was a bit poor in the first half in that game. But... Look, I think with Richarlison as the number nine, giving us a bit of a presence in the box, I think it will give us a bit of a different aspect to what we had in that West Ham game. And having Brennan tucked out on the right, uh, Sonny tucked out on the left, and having Kulisevsky in the middle to make the magic happen, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable and confident that we can break you down. See, that's where I disagree with you on Brennan Johnson, because I personally feel... He works better with space to run into. He still mm. needs development on being able to dribble past a player. Kind of his his strength for me was pushing. I think he's showing that a bit though, the development. Just give me something. <laughs> <laughs> 
click on to because what I will say, what I will say is when we did uh, the preview with the Villa boys, they were very confident. Villa were on a good streak. And I do see some similarities in Andrew's style uh, to Emre's style with that high line. The difference being, as you guys have mentioned, we haven't got Taiwo in for this game. And let's face it, Chris Wood, I think the three of us would outrun him. So I, I do expect Alanga to play as the false nine coming in this game to put a bit of pace on. But do you think even if you play a high line, we can get anything on a counter-attack? Or do you think Ange would have maybe, may say to the guys at centre-back, look, drop yourself five yards back as a precaution? Or is he just one gear straight forward? I think he's one gear, but I'm looking at the last couple games that we've had played since Romero's come back into the mm. team. And we played a high line in both those games. And, you know, both teams have, have threats on the counter in terms of who we've played, West Ham and Newcastle. Um, and I know against West Ham, we ended up losing, but in terms of the chances we gave up, Bowen, they had Bowen, they had Kudus, Paqueta, they really had nothing in terms of, of the chance they created. We really yeah. stifled them. And same with Newcastle, apart from one chance they had really early on, they really struggled to create chances. So I'm looking at, I'm no, no disrespect, I'm looking at Gibson and Langard. They're two good players. And I know you're at home, so maybe you'll give you a bit more impetus to, to um, be at your best. But... I'm, if I'm basing it off our last two performances, I think we're going to do a good job stifling you um, going going the other way. And I think we're just going to suffocate Forrest. We're going to basically just have all the possession. And then when Forrest try and counter, you know, we're going to have Romero back sweeping up. So I'm sure you'll have a one or two chances. Don't get me wrong. You you have that quality in, um, away from all Premier League teams. They have a few moments. I'm sure you will. But I think by and large, you'll be Tottenham in control of the game. And that's what I expect. Wolfie, I'll give you something. Um, I'll I'll Please. give you something. I'll give you Please. something to cling on to. Uh, I'll give you something now to cling on to. Nothing nonsensical, absolutely nonsensical. But whenever we come into a game very confident, that is when we drop points. And I feel like the Spurs <laughs> fan base is coming into this game in high confidence. I think we went into that West Ham game on the back of that City game in high confidence, yeah. and we lost yeah. the game. Albeit we should never have lost that game because. Nine times out of ten, probably Spurs take three points in that game, and it was just the one time where yeah. you know they was get, get that lucky pinball doggy plays Jarrod Bowen in in um, you know on goal, and we lose the game. But look, if we don't make any of those stupid errors in this game, then we should be winning. I'll hold on to that because I, I do agree with you. You've been unlucky in some of your losses. I feel like you tanked a little. If I look back at the Wolves game. Yeah. Um, you, you know, tanked a little towards the end, maybe gave away two silly mistakes very late on. So I'm I'm clinging on to that with both hands. But all right, let, let's let's get the score predictions in then, boys. What what are you what are you thinking? Well, we've Cricket just done a, we, we've just done um a Premier League prediction show, and me and Sim actually went we we do we go head to head in Premier League predictions, and uh, we we pick the same scoreline prediction. I don't know if Sim's going to stick with that, but I'm going to stick with it. And I went for three nil to Tottenham with Brennan Johnson uh, getting on the score sheet as well. Yeah, uh, I yeah, so I'm sticking with three nil, unfortunately. But um, I don't know if 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 it is a three nil, if it is a bit of a drubbing, is that the end for Cooper? Do you think, or is is that is it that is it that stage? Could you imagine if Johnson scores the winner and Johnson is <laughs> the one who sacks Cooper, the guy who brought him through and gave him his chance? Wow, that was poetic. But I'm looking at your fixtures now. I mean, Tottenham at He's home, Bournemouth Bourne at home, and Newcastle away. Next three games. I mean, and Manchester United. As yeah, well. Manchester United. You'll probably win. That's, That's the thing. <laughs> That's the only hope I've got right now. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And then after that, Brentford away and Arsenal at home. I mean, it doesn't. Stop looking. Really... Stop looking. Oh Is my it... God. Bournemouth away and Newcastle at home as well. Right? <laughs> On that. On that sour note, guys, I tried. I tried to make this positive, but <laughs> let's let's. Hopefully, the boys. What's on your the... score prediction? My score prediction. I can't. I can't ever predict Spurs to beat Forest for personal reasons. And when I look at the head-to-head, I remember all the games. Yeah, back in the day in the Premier League, we have a better head-to-head record than Spurs. Um, in the Premier League era, if you like. I think we've played 12 times. We beat you six, something like a five, and you won three or four. So you that's all searching like, back you know, into the 90s for those victories. Mate, you were favourites in some of those and you lost, you know. So <laughs> um, I'm going to go one all. I'm not saying it with any confidence or conviction. Um, If it wasn't the connection I've got, I'd probably have to say Spurs win it. But... Forest do a forest. When you think they're going to win, they lose. And when you think they're going to get stuffed, just like Villa, we beat them. So there's my positive that I will end on, boys. Uh, Ben Sim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, As always, chat, please make sure you've gone and subscribed to the channel. Uh, We are Tottenham TV. The link is in the description. Any any closing words that you guys want to finish with? You've already, you know, depressed us enough today. I'll just say thank you guys for Brendan Johnson because I'm really enjoying him at the moment and I think he's really getting to grips with life at Spurs finally. So uh, thank you. On that night, guys, note, guys, <laughs> please hit the like button, subscribe, and we'll see you tonight for our live podcast on Grumpy Old Reds. Come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.